Hi, welcome to On Investors Minds. I'm Tai Hui, the Chief Market Strategist for Asia Pacific at JP Morgan Asset Management. And thank you for giving us a few minutes of your time to learn about what's on the investors' minds and what you can do about it. Now, in this episode, I want to take stock of where we are in the US and global central bank policy rate cycles, discuss corporate earnings, and question why China's economic recovery seems to be less robust than expected. As always, we will have the investment implications and our three key takeaways at the end of this podcast. Now, let's start with the Fed and other regional central banks. The Federal Reserve raised policy rates by 25 basis points, as expected, in its May meeting. We think there are good reasons for the Fed to pause in the months ahead. The latest April inflation data, with headline inflation rising by only 0.4% month-on-month and 5% year-on-year, was broadly in line with expectations and showed a steady decline in price pressure. Moreover, the Fed is trying to look ahead to some of the economic headwinds. And in particular, the latest senior loan officer survey confirms most people's concerns that banks are continuing to tighten their lending standards. And this could be a precursor to much weaker growth later this year. The job market, while still in very solid shape, is also rolling over. Finally, even the FOMC's own projection back in March suggests that around 5% is the consensus of where policy rates should peak. So I think it's fair to say that the Fed should be done with this hiking cycle. But the next question is whether the Fed could cut rates before the end of the year. In recent history, the period between the last hike and the first cut averaged around six months. So there is a precedent to support the current market view the Fed could start cutting rates before the end of the year. However, given the Fed's stated objective to put down inflation, the threshold for the Fed to cut rates could be higher than before. Or put differently, it might take a more severe recession to convince the Fed to start cutting rates so soon after the hiking cycle has ended. So there are two possible scenarios. One is for the economy to only go through a slowdown or a mild recession. This would allow the Fed to wait and only start cutting rates slowly once inflation is under control, possibly in the first half of 2024. The second scenario is for the US economy to enter a more severe recession, possibly brought on by further banking sector stress. Then the Fed could need to cut rates more aggressively to stabilize the banking sector and the economy. Now, the futures market is currently pricing in around 100 basis points of rate cuts by the January 2024 meeting, starting with the first cut in September. It can be argued that the market is pricing in an average of these two scenarios. Now, what about the other central banks? Other developed market central banks have less of a problem with the banking sector, and inflation has yet to show convincing signs of deceleration. Both the European Central Bank and the Bank of England raised their policy rates by 25 basis points in the past two weeks. The Eurozone economy has been surprisingly resilient despite the energy challenge of 2022. This gives the ECB the confidence to tighten. For the UK, its March year-on-year inflation is still in double digits at 10.1%. The Reserve Bank of Australia also surprised the market by raising its policy rates by 25 basis points in its May meeting following a pause in April. Although developed market central banks are pausing instead of ending the rate hike cycle, 
We believe that the synchronized policy tightening of 2022 will have shifted much policy into the tightening zone by this summer. Now, contrasting with the US, the dilemma between growth and inflation is less obvious, and hence the rate cut cycle may come later. Now, this could also put more pressure on the US dollar. In Asia, South Korea, India, and Indonesia central banks all kept their policy rates unchanged in their most recent meetings. Malaysia's central bank surprised the market with a 25 basis point increase. The challenges for Asian central banks are that domestic demand is recovering and the labor shortages seen in the West in the past two years is also taking place in our part of the world. Hence, it remains to be seen whether demand-led inflation could prompt Asian policymakers to stay hawkish. Meanwhile, export demand remains weak and some of the positive impact of high commodity prices is fading for raw material exporters such as Malaysia and Indonesia. On balance, we see most Asian central banks also opting for a pause this summer, partly because they were proactive in tightening policy last year. Now let's move on to corporate earnings. As we approach the end of the Q1 earnings season in the US, corporate performance has been better than expected despite recessionary fears. Both earnings and revenue surprises have been positive with a rebound in profit margin. However, with high interest rates and the rising risk of a recession, companies could face a double whammy of pressure on profit margins and revenue growth. Hence, the risk to the US corporate earnings remains on the downside. Companies could protect the profit margin by pulling back on investment and slowing hiring. Nonetheless, the S&P 512th month forward price to earning ratio of 18 times is still high relative to the challenging economic backdrop. Now for Asia, despite the recovery of China, which we will discuss more in a moment, 2023 corporate earnings are still being revised lower. EM Asia is expected to have zero growth in 2023, largely driven by drags from Taiwan and South Korea as their electronic exports suffer from weaker global demand, and also outweighing China's strong earnings recovery. However, it should be noted that both of these export-dependent markets are expected to post a strong rebound in earnings in 2024 and help Asia's corporate earnings to rebound by 22% next year. The combined earnings growth for this year and next year for Asia and China should be stronger than the US. This is one of the key factors for our preference for Asian and Chinese equities amid growth risk in the US. Moving on to China. Many investors have found that Chinese economic recovery so far been disappointing, and this was reflected in both onshore and offshore stock indices. First, it's important to recognize that there is a significant divergence in performance within the index. 2023 has been a year where state-owned companies, including banks, energy companies, and telecom companies, have seen some strong performance. On the economy, the Labor Day holiday saw some healthy rebound in tourism spending, but the data suggests we're only back to the level of 2019 with no substantial growth beyond that just yet. It reflects that consumers are probably still need more time for their confidence to return, especially when the job market has yet to make a full recovery. The progress of the real estate sector recovery is still slow. As we argued in the past, it will take a more comprehensive job market to give households more confidence to buy property, 
Moreover, the government continues to emphasize on maintaining affordability, which could deter some potential investors from re-entering the market. Overall, we expect the economy to make a gradual recovery as business and household confidence takes time to improve. So its contrast with a slowing U.S. economy is likely to remain intact. We may also see more policy support in the form of industrial reform to improve sentiment. Meanwhile, monetary and fiscal policies are likely to remain supportive. So, three key takeaways. Number one. The global central banks are approaching the end of their rate hike cycle. The Fed could look to cut rates in the quarters ahead. This typically benefits long-duration, high-quality fixed income. For equities, companies in the defensive sectors or with consistent earnings performance are likely to show greater resilience during an economic downturn. Number two, U.S. corporate earnings have held up well so far, even going into the first quarter of this year. However, Pressure on profit margins and revenue could intensify in the months ahead, and the current valuation of the S&P 500 is rich relative to a decelerating economy. This may challenge the U.S. market rally so far this year, which is also narrowly based on a few mega-cap tech companies. In contrast, Asian earnings expectations for 2023 are largely weighed down by a sluggish tech export cycle, even with China's earnings recovery. This could become more of a tailwind in 2024 as the tech cycle starts to improve. Nonetheless, more domestically focused companies should benefit from domestic demand recovery this year. Number three, more patience is needed for China's economic recovery. Business confidence and the job market need to rebound to improve the pace and sustainability of this recovery. We also expect fiscal and monetary policy to remain accommodative, and more industrial policies. Could be launched to boost sectors including renewable energy, electric vehicles, and also technology developments to reduce import dependence. The government is also looking to improve the financial performance of state-owned companies, but this will need more evidence to convince investors. Thanks for listening. If you've got any questions or comments, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan Asset Management client advisor. And if you enjoy this podcast, please share this with your friends and colleagues by rating and reviewing this podcast on your favorite platform. And don't forget to subscribe via Apple, Google, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, so that you can be kept up to date every time when a new episode comes along. This content is intended for information only, based on assumptions in current market conditions, and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase and Company and its affiliates worldwide.